0: This is the Media Week industry podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. It's a special radio ratings podcast today. We don't very often do one of these and um, I haven't done one with a couple of uh, media agency executives before. We're going to hear about buying and selling radio, um, how they do it. We're going to get really inside and we're going to get their feedback on the the commercial stations. We're going to be looking at some of the results from Survey 3, GFK's radio survey 3 for 2018, which the results came out this week. Our guests today, Ashley Earnshaw from Amplify. Welcome, Ash. Hey, good morning. Now, you're the uh, Chief Investment Officer over there. That's correct. Good, good, to, <laughs> good to hear from you. Now, I, I caught up with you at the radio conference, was it last year? Was it, yeah, um, that's great. You, you know, I was on a panel with you, so yeah, that's right. you, were, you were very uh, gentle with me, mate, so don't go too hard to date if I uh, ask some sort of dodgy questions. Also joining us, Andrew Brannigan from OMD. Good morning, hello. hello, mate. Now you look after um, head of trading for OMD down in Melbourne. Correct, indeed. Okay, that's great. wonderful. It'd be great to get your insights too. Um, just a little disclaimer now. Uh, one of your clients uh, is Nova in your group, uh, Ash. So right? Yeah, that's correct. So
1: the, yep. uh, the so, business uh, represents them.
0: So he's already warned us. There'll be lots of uh, chat about Nova today, and, um, and how, no, he's going to be dispassionate. He said he'll have a he'll have a um, he'll pull back a bit and then just just look at the market in general. Now, guys, tell us, there's eight radio surveys a year. Um, How important is survey by survey and how important is looking at the big picture? I mean, can your results... Can you go in and affect a a, a campaign and plans off of one survey result?
1: Yeah, look, we've always taken a view that you need to look at an aggregation of surveys. I think when you you get to survey three, as we are now... um, Normally the changes of talent happen, you know, beginning of the year, um, the networks take stock of where they are, uh, come Q4 and and, and then make changes. We saw some of those changes um, last year and into this year. So I think survey three is quite important. It's quite pivotal, but I think, you know, we we take a balanced approach and we would look at an aggregation of survey data um, rather than a one survey trend. That said, um, when we do see big spikes or big changes, um, we would look at that and interrogate that for our clients.
0: Mm. What, what about you, um, Drew? Can, can you sort of, you know, if there's a you know, move up, the, the big the moves aren't big, aren't they? It might be, you know, move up 1.5 and move down 1.5. Is that, could that yeah. affect the spend?
2: Uh, not really, no. No. Not really, <laughs> no. Um, like we've seen for Survey 3, you know, there hasn't been really any major shifts. Um, there's been a couple of niggles here and there, but nothing too drastic. So n- no alarm bells, so to speak.
0: And are there, are there times of the year when a, a particular survey might be more important than another? I mean, do you, do you get around the middle of the year of four and five or is it towards the end of the year when you might be in negotiations?
2: Uh, it depends. So when we do a negotiation, we always look at a rolling 12 months. So we don't just look at, you know, for example, 2018, survey one to three, we actually go back a rolling 12 months. So you're capturing survey four from last year, up to survey three for this
0: year to take into account a full 12 months yeah Ash what about what about you and your team
2: yeah
1: I, I think it, it, I think it depends really you know we, we're we're negotiating across a, a broad um, client base uh, we're trying to we're trying to find value for them um, you know some clients have got annualized um, agreements um, though those aren't necessarily always calendar they can be fiscal uh, th- these days there isn't one shape fits all um, the, the agreements we have with the radio networks on behalf of our clients, aren't just looking at survey data you know we're thinking about hopefully we'll interrogate some of those areas today but we're thinking about their podcasting their digital services um, talent Uh, we have you know clients that have affiliations with um, certain codes clients that have affiliations with certain um, uh, talent from the network so I think I think from a survey point of view certainly I would think on average mid-year close of the year it's pretty important for us to look at Um, As Andrew said, um, we we would look at rolling rolling survey data, um, but it depends what that tells us. Maybe (laughs) we'd look at three surveys on a run if it tells a different story. So it's all about leveraging value um, and all about, you know, a fair and equitable approach with the radio networks, I would say.
0: The uh, the TV numbers always seem to spike a little bit in winter. More people are indoors. Uh, They get indoors earlier when it's dark. I'm thinking, are there less seasonal factors affecting radio, do you think? Or can that have an effect to...
2: I think uh, AFL season definitely okay. when the AFL's been called, there's generally a bit of a spike across Triple M in those guys. Um, seasonality, yes and no. Hot versus cold. Well, you've got the, you know, the you've got that? the
1: offset. You've got the kind of when the talent all you know the, the talent work hard during the year or some of them do. <laughs> um, so you know we, we we obviously got the kind of off season for the talent, um, same as TV ratings periods. I, I think it's less pertinent than than, than TV. Um, there, there's less there's less focus within radio on sort of the aggregated audience like there is in television um, different metrics different ways of looking at it um, so it has less of an impact on what, what clients want that that said um, you know it, when, when talent aren't necessarily um, you know on air uh, you, you may have a, a big spike in terms of client demand certainly around Christmas and, and the lead up with retail we, we know that you know uh, some truisms about radio have always been there, and certainly retail um, are big spenders uh, when it comes to radio in in the Q4 and the lead up to sort of the Christmas rush.
0: Um, the radio sector, I guess, worth over a billion dollars a year. Um, I think that's just Metro Radio too, isn't it? So you, mm-hmm. you know, regional, would push it well over that. Mm-hmm. The two groups you guys represent would probably account for over a third of that, maybe forty percent. Getting on towards half, perhaps. Um, how much Ash? Start with you. How much of that is is negotiated in sort of annual deals with um, with different networks?
1: Yeah, um, um, from a radio point of view, it's a, it's actually less less upfront negotiated than television. Um, it's more of a dynamic uh, market. Increasingly increasingly these days um, you know we, we seem to have fewer and fewer uh, formalized deals It also very much depends on the client as well I mean you know Andrews alluded to the AFL and the strength of sport it may be that we have a you know longer term agreement for some of our clients that are very much hooked into um, a certain code or a certain element of radio um, so I would say less less than television um, but again it's all about driving value for clients and that doesn't necessarily mean that up front there's a laydown of um, a lay down of a, a spend commitment or a share commitment. Um, so I would say I would say certainly um, less less than half of it is upfront laid down at these days.
0: Okay, what about
2: you, Drew? Same for us. So yeah. we certainly have some deals in market at the moment, um, especially when our clients are active every single week of the year. Um, we set the year up, and obviously we negotiate added value over and above to tr- you know to further strengthen clients' messaging in market. Um, but it's definitely less than what we have in terms of TV deals, especially
0: when it comes to rate setting. How much? Um, I often think in you look at TV. I mean, it's the agencies really almost control the rates, don't they? Because it's just on popular and what's popular, what's in demand. Is it similar in radio, or is it, or do the companies have a bit more of a say on what they can charge, uh, or am I wrong on both accounts?
2: Uh, I think the radio rate cards quite fluid. With the TV rate, rate card, it, it, it's set for the year. Obviously, you negotiate a, a position on that, and obviously that will deliver your rate and CPM. With a radio rate card, I said it's quite fluid based on demand. Um, that's why we normally try and negotiate on CPM versus hard rate, and actually take into account the audience of that station at that particular point in time. Yeah, but you, Ash?
1: Yeah, I think that they're fair observations. Um, I think from a radio point of view, it's. I think it's more of a trade. You know, it's, it's trading at its heart. I think it's still a, a medium that um, invites more trading. Um, I think those that those in the market that. Um, you know, work well with radio. Those experts that we have, you know, for example, in Amplify are those people that are able, um, as Andrew says, to find pockets of value. Um, you know, you can do more deals in radio, I would say. Um, the, the rate card is less set. Um, and I think that, you know, certainly from a radio point of view, uh, more than television, you know, the, the ebbs and flows of uh, market demand um, dic- dictate the value that can be negotiated through it. So uh, we find, you know, working with the radio, networks certainly there's there's it's more of a sort of trading medium that said i think that you know um certainly that what what we've noticed in the market year to date uh, outside of what agencies are controlling is um, potentially um you know the, the networks moving more to kind of sort of commoditizing some of the value they have as uh, a big problem for radio you know well, we'll talk about audiences today but audiences don't necessarily mean radio um, and I think that, you know, from a radio point of view, certainly in, in, in sort of the, the spot-driven area, which, you know, is more focused on the survey data, uh, you know, trying to, trying to grow value for radio um, is becoming more challenging, I would observe.
0: How much easier is it these days to buy um, total audiences across um, cap cities, regional? And, and is that something you want to do? Because I know the CRA's made a lot of, efforts in recent years to increase the frequency of um, surveys in a lot of regional markets which weren't say, surveyed very often or sometimes yep. never in the past. Sure. And then a company like Southern Cross Stereo has um, made a big effort to rebrand a lot of their stations, either Hit Network or, or Triple M. Has, has that helped and is that, is that good or is there still more work to do, do you think?
1: I think it's positive. You know, I think I think it's positive. Um, I've always been a, a big advocate of radio and audio in general. I think um, the work that Southern Cross have done over the past couple of years, under um, you know new leadership, has, has been around that, that kind of standardisation of brand. Um, I think it makes it easier for clients to understand, e- easier for planner buyers to understand as well. Um, I think it, you know it's a nice headline to kind of align um, FM and you know sort of metro and regional radio. I don't necessarily see that as as important. Um, I think you know it's important for us to think across dig- digital and and radio. I think that that at the moment is very important for clients, but you know most clients have got, you know, regional radio strategies, they've got um metro radio strategies. I think most clients are very happy with that approach. I I, I personally for our group don't see an issue with that.
0: Mm. True. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is um is regional radio miss out much? Do- Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just it's just easier, I guess, to buy metros, and they're the biggest audiences. Is it? It can it be fiddly sometimes to add on um, regional? Or?
2: I don't think it's so much fiddly. I just think a lot of clients' money, if a radio is actually pushed to a metro perspective, and probably is probably let off, or or regional is generally picked up through digital or through a regional TV coverage.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's um you know the. For me, they're, they're, they're highly valuable audiences. I mean, this this extends to sort of the regional TV as well as radio. But um, when you look at regional radio, um, you know, the, the population in regional is well documented about disposable income as well is well documented, certainly about the um, you know, sort of the older demographics from an Eastern Seaboard point of view, certainly up into Queensland, that, that they're a valuable audience, right? And, um, and just as effective. So uh, to Andrew's point, I think it's, you know, unfortunately... Uh, from a regional radio point of view, sometimes uh, regional radio can fall off the schedule more easily than the metro radio. Is that right? Probably not. Um, but, the, but we certainly would see regional as very valuable. Certainly with a lot of value as well. You know, mm. from a CPM point of view, um, you know it's a it's a very efficient way of targeting, and you know certainly all the benefits of radio in terms of you know geography, local targeting, local conversation. Um, and now alignment with uh, metro brand there's a lot of advocacy there i think i think probably an observation i mean southern cross have done a great job i think they you know just a bit of championing of regional radio is probably you know certain certain bodies have done better than others Um, you know whether that's the oma um, or now think tv i think regional radio probably doesn't shout as loud as it could do
0: yeah yeah because I guess there's still a few sort of independents if you like out there in regional radio with some with some good audiences but it's okay. um, yeah it's uh, yeah, maybe a little bit harder to get to look we're going to I'm going to get your thoughts on some of the the big stations around the metro markets and the different shows and that but I first just wanted to cover off a couple of other things about the the um the industry in general the radio ratings that the data we get the media gets from g f k we get a a share breakdown um Every survey we get, we don't really get the QM audiences or the averages. They don't sort of share that with the media as much. But it's it's not too hard to get them. So just tell me a little bit about that. And I and I, I guess you work off different numbers that, that we would get. You probably run your own stuff, Drew. Is that right? Do, tell indeed. us a bit about that.
2: So every survey, uh, the the stations will release, you know, a bit of an EDM to the agency, you know, talking about you know highs and lows and you know where this where their successes are for a particular survey. You know, we obviously take that into account, but really we actually run our own data. You know, not all clients buy to one particular demographic, so it's important that we run our audiences based on what our clients' needs are. Um, we look at share. We definitely look at share, especially when we start to negotiate. But when it, when we start drilling down into reviewing... Um, CPMs and thousands, that's when we start to look at the QM reach and the average audience.
0: Okay. And radio likes quoting CUM figures. You never hear them quoting average audiences, whereas sort of the reverse, of people sort of laugh if TV wanted to quote a, a reach figure as the sort of, you know. Like a full national. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, but um, radio seem to do that. Um, is it similar with you, Ash? You, you, your team, they run the numbers and is average audience pretty critical?
1: Um, look, I think we, I think we, we firstly when we, we're seeing the survey data come in, I think it's that's important. Um, we do, um, we do. I've I'll, I'll shared look at more on a from an analysis point of view on a either a year to date or a, a full annualized survey. Um, certainly, you, you want to be looking at, at least six surveys to do any meaningful piece of analysis. That survey data and that average survey data is important. Um, I think when it comes to radio, often you know clients have got market by market priorities. Certainly, we would dig down into markets and look at that. I think it's important to, um, you know, there's a few headlines that come out. That's always very nice. Um, you know, we read the trade press. It's, it's very, you know, it's great to have a bit of PR out there about radio and I'm pleased to see we see more of that kind of PR this year, which is which is important. That said, I think um, it's important from an amplified point of view that we really dig behind the numbers and what they're saying. Also, just because, a, you know, a certain session does well um, or or the network does well doesn't necessarily mean that that's got either a commercial benefit for a client or, yeah. or the ability to, you know, to work with them on a, a meaningful way. So I think it's that's important. I think, you know, my observation as well is it depends on our clients as well. You know, we've got clients, again, if we go back to the analogy around sport, to them, you know, it's not necessarily as important what some networks are doing. They, they, they may be really focused on triple M. Uh, they may be f- really focused on, um, you know, MRN. So I think we, we need to sort of with interest look at what comes out of the survey period, but then really distill it for our clients and give them a deeper point of view.
0: Do you factor in risk at all? Let's just take a ARN down in Melbourne, two new breakfast shows in the same year within the space of a couple of surveys. Do you look at that and think, well, look, we're not sure how that might go, so it's harder to maybe invest long-term? Uh, or do you say, look, they know what they're doing, we'll just assume it's, no, it's going you, to work? No, absolutely. You definitely need to. Yeah. You definitely need yeah.
2: to. Um With, you know, with any talent shift, there's always that risk. You know, (laughs) a couple of years ago when Kyle and Jackie O left the Today Network, you know, we saw a massive big drop in there and obviously a massive jump across KISS when they moved across. I think it it shocked the market just how much the audience actually followed that particular um, duo. We're constantly looking at how talent are performing. That's definitely a key element for us. Um, We certainly wouldn't not spend across ARN. You know, they certainly have a place in our clients' media schedules um kind of the so we definitely wouldn't
1: yeah i think risk is i think risk is important i think you know, we know we sort of alluded then around kyle and jack i remember when kyle, you know, kyle and jack moved I, I still seem to remember that um you know back then we did some work um with with kyle and jack um but we also did some work with with today from where they come um there was a value sort of a value opportunity there i think with some bankable talent even if they moved i think you'd Um, You know, with a bit of analysis and uh, understanding of the radio market, you can you can back that. Um, I think also from a risk point of view, it's not just about sessions moving. It's about existing sessions and where there may be headlines about certain sessions doing well. It doesn't necessarily mean certainly for us and our clients that they are viable from an integration point of view. There's the the talent risk as well. Um, Not so much these days around people like Kyle who's um, become very kind of commercially savvy and, um, you know, works very well with um, with ARN around delivering for clients. But I would say there's some other talent who potentially are less commercially viable for clients at the moment. So I think that's important as well.
0: You, you so. mentioned then uh, Today FM and the, the the sort of trouble they've had, you know, building an audience to replace the one Kyle and Jackie took with them to oh. um, to Kiss in Sydney. <laughs> um how important is that single market? Because people in smaller markets often think, "Oh, look, everybody focuses on Sydney and Melbourne." But I guess from an advertising point of view, you you need to have those two markets right, regardless of, of what's happening in the other metros.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the, for for the majority of clients, Sydney and Sydney and Melbourne are critical. Yeah, great. Um, you know, breakfast builds the day. Breakfast is you know a critical session for our clients. Um, we 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 know that that's. Roughly about twenty three percent of all, you know all listening is in breakfast. Of that, probably eighty percent of that is live. You know, live is very powerful as well. Uh, we, we know that, that that has a you know deep ROI impact for clients. So, um, I would say it's it's important for us um, and within that the breakfast show as well. Um, so obviously, you know, from a Southern Cross point of view, that that's been something they're working on. There's in, there's improvement there. They've had a couple of surveys of improvement certainly in Sydney, um, and you know we we look at that with interest at the moment.
0: Yeah, Drew, you know, the, the Hit Network's been doing very well outside of Sydney, nearly number one in Brisbane. Um, uh, Fifi uh, box down in Melbourne has, has yep. been a ratings magnet, you know, for a little while now. Yep. Adelaide's not so great. New, I think a new show over in Perth, you know, but do they really need to, um, you know, get Sydney humming again before the, the dollars will flow.
2: I think they do. I think also with the introduction of of Hughes and Kate in the mix across the drive show. Like, it's only been three surveys for these guys, so I think we need to give them some legs and let them actually see where they can actually take the market. From a Melbourne-only point of view, we know that Fox FM pretty much dominate across most demographics, um, and they certainly own own, um, um, breakfast during that time, whereas with drive, it's more um, Kate to Mamadi. But I think with the introduction of Hughes and Kate, that would generally lift the station. Um, I think we'll call it the Hughie and Kate halo effect across the year. So I think time will tell us to how effective those two are.
1: Yeah, yeah I think that's. A, I think it's very. You. You. Um, it's always interesting. I mean, you know, we'll probably at some point today touch on um, kind of verification, right? But the you know the the, the survey methodology and the way surveys work, um, the diary system, um, you know, it, it could be a bit of misattribution around that talent at the moment. You know, it's you know we're only on survey three. Uh, you wonder about that that talent swapping, and you know, obviously. Yep. Um, Either has the marketing been been strong enough in order to uh, let people know about about that change, or are people you know are people still when they're filling in the diaries attributing it to a different network? You know? mm. Who knows?
0: You mentioned then the, the the diary system. I mean, have we got a pretty good um, system in Australia? I mean, CRA have gone out and said, look, they've, they've I think they've opened some tenders to hear from people about you know maybe introducing a, an element of electronic measurement. They've they nearly went with that system, I think, probably over a decade ago now. But. I was going to say, this is a, I've
1: been in the market for a decade. Yeah. and Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And that, but it, but it's a hard thing to do, isn't it, to, to get something that works? I don't know if anywhere in the world has cracked it with an electronic measurement for radio. I
1: think Norway have. Have they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, look, clearly I'm not an expert on Norway. <laughs> you and Let, you know, let's have the two-question yep. two rule. Don't ask more than yeah. two questions, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think if you look at overseas, certainly in in the Scandics, there's been some pretty effective work done around um, cross cross platform. I can't can't even say cross platform attribution. (laughs) Um, uh, I think it's a fair fair to say no one's cracked it. I think from a survey point of view in the diary system, um, what I would say is it's a it's a standard. You know, it might not be um, as you know deeply um, you know attributable as some other kind of methodologies, but 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 it does give us a standard. Um, I did here from you know some of the, some of the commentary recently was that you know there's been some testing of um, sort of more digital ways of um, attributing whether that's through through app or or mobile the feedback was that much of the output of that um, verification actually was very aligned to the survey methodology yep. i think it it mir- the diary, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly if you yep. look around the market um, you know we've spoken about TV today and you know some of our digital partners you know the challenge of different ways of verifying media what i would say is that the survey methodology gives a standard across all of radio, and a standard that's been there for a long time. So, you know, clients can have comfort that it is transparent in the in 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 a very standardised way, right?
2: Mm. So thought- the diary system still works, obviously. Um, 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 and as we touched on, obviously, it you know what they've done last year actually mirrored what they were what they found in diary. We know that Gf Gfk are certainly working on a roadmap at the moment. I'm um, working on a pro or an MIP program or a measurement. Innovation program. Um, obviously, there's no new information on that as yet, but that'll probably come out probably towards the end of the year.
1: I think yeah, I think, it's imp- I think it's important. As I say, I think that it's easy to knock the diary system, but the standard's important. But what I would say is to future-proof radio and, and, and keep giving radio the platform to succeed moving forward. I do think it needs looking at, and you know, it, it needs to be brought into you know, let's call it the digital age. I think we we'll are post the digital age. Wherever we are now, it, you know, we, it, it does need yep. attention, I think, but sure. but it works at the moment for clients.
2: And also when they do implement this new process, I think making sure that all the stations are aligned
0: as well is definitely a key thing. Right, because at the moment we're still getting the, the, the digital numbers come out as a separate document, yep. and those audiences look pretty small still for, for, for digital radio. So. Sure. Very small still, <laughs> but growing, but Yeah, growing, but definitely, yeah, yeah. But definitely yeah. growing. Yeah, you've got to think it's a way of the future. Yeah. Um, day parts, I mean, you've spoken, um, Ash, you made some stats there about breakfast and, and the amount of live listening. Um, is... There's been a bigger focus on drive over the last I don't know I guess probably ever since Hamish and Andy yeah you know and maybe before that Martin Malloy uh, going back a long time but but Hamish yeah, and Andy <laughs> <laughs> Hamish and Andy really sort of made other people realize oh look you know you can get a big audience they s- probably seem to monetize that Osterio uh, stereo as it was back in the day yep. did very well with sponsorships and stuff like that is there is it a is it a is it a new prime time drive time?
2: I think... Draw, or an uh, alternate
0: prime time?
2: Uh, absolutely. I think there's a lot of competition now in the drive space. Um, we've, been, we've got Husey and Kate um, across, across Hit, Hit Network. We've now got uh, ARN with Will and Woody yep. coming to the market. Um, Nova's got Kate to Muddy, who has been around for a couple of years now. So yep. they've really um, been able to hold that premium position across drive. As I mentioned earlier, they, they're they number one in drive across most demos You know, for four of the five markets, which is great. And now we've got Jane Kennedy and Mick Malloy coming to drive as of this year. So from a drive point of view, it's actually a really strong lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I think um, something like 89% of people have listened to radio in the past month in the car. Uh, We know that in-car is exceptionally important. Certainly drive, like breakfast, is a critical session. It's a critical session for our clients as well. In terms of clients who are many who are using radio from a call to action, you know, whether that's the you know the, the commute is key uh, being top of mind um, on the way home so absolutely and and like andrew says it's a such a such a competitive space at the moment uh, from from a drive point of view
0: yep to, to my ears as a listener listening to Drive, it seems to be there's good commercial opportunities there because you can get clutter in breakfast because everybody wants to be there and there's a lot of competing messages, but you can seem to maybe own a Drive show with, with maybe smaller investment perhaps and, and get good, good sponsorship. Would, would that be right?
2: I think there's good sponsorships in both Breakfast and Drive. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily one. I think Breakfast is still a really high demanding time, but I also think Drive is just as well. Mm. Um, and I think there's opportunity both. Yeah. yeah,
1: there's probably a bit of a bit more value I would say in drive. Um, again, it you know front of mind though is what what's the client trying to achieve. You know, there's there's good reasons why clients want to be um, you know aligned with breakfast, but certainly uh, from a drive point of view, there's there's a bit more value, probably a bit less demand around some sort of sponsorships and um, sort of talent alignment.
0: I would say daytime listening or so at work they probably call it. Um, weekends is that is that just bonus spots from. No. <laughs>
2: The or network do, or, certainly wouldn't want you to think that.
0: Well no. No, I it's a provocative question, yeah. I guess, but is it yeah. is it partly right? I mean is it I, Yeah.
1: Well
2: There's 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 still an audience across those day parts. And again, if you if you pull it back to a client strategy, if 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 daytime advertising is your key area of focus, then obviously, you know, the morning and the afternoon shift, it definitely has a an overall part to play in your communication strategy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean for us for um from an amplified point of view, I'd say look, the day, daytime is just audience for us. I don't think there's many clients who are, have got like sort of focused daytime strategies. Really, really, radio is all about breakfast and drive. Um, and the talent that sit there. Um, I think I think daytime is more important for the networks. Um, certainly, what we've seen with this survey, um, you know, a, a bit of work to do from for for example, in daytime, uh, in a bit of a lift from Southern Cross. So uh, for us, it's just that's just audience delivery. I think you know we look at the, kind of the peaks at the beginning of the end of the day and certainly in the middle of the day we think increasingly about podcasting uh we think about streaming and those those areas that take a bit more of a sort of the, the front load of audience um so yeah i think it's a uh, not as not as a um, not as important for for our clients but certainly the the from an overall audience point of view it works into the overall kind of um, audience that we, we look at across each network
0: yeah Okay, well, look, let's... um, I'll I'll come back to podcasting, so I might sort of leave that towards the end there. But let's just look at a couple of the the markets. Um, uh, Sydney this week, it was... ARN's really got a grip on that Sydney market. I mean, we'll, we'll of course, acknowledge 2GB's continued leadership up here. and, And while I do that, I first might throw this into the 2GB 3AW, part of the Macquarie Network now. They often talk a little bit about they don't get the commercial recognition from advertisers for the size of the audience they demand you guys falling down on the job? Come on, what's, what's what's going on? Why aren't you putting in as much money as you should be into um, to those stations?
2: I think it's based on your client's demographic. So if you're, they do really well on total people and, and, and GBs as well. And if you are buying a GB audience, then they're obviously great. But not our, all of our clients buy those demos. You know, a lot of our clients are more mainstream, like just like people 16 to 39 and 25, 54. And unfortunately, um, from an audience point of view, um, obviously they're, they're not within the top four or top five stations. So, yes, they it, radio will definitely have a play in terms of your com strategies, but unfortunately, when you're looking at these particular demos, they're not as high.
0: Yeah. ARN seem to have a, a good grip on the market here in mm-hmm. Sydney. Um, unless you're going really young, it's hard to think of an advertiser who wouldn't have that in their campaign. Is that
2: true? I think Kyle and Jack here absolutely dominate the breakfast time slot.
0: Yeah. And I think that
2: pretty much lifts the whole station across the board. Um, from a, like a, a, younger audience, they do really well from a more mainstream people, 25, 54, you know, they've still held that number one spot, um, for the last 12 months. And, mm. and I don't think
0: we'll, we, we see that changing for the rest of the year. Yeah, and Jones and Amanda and yeah. WSFM are very strong yep. second, aren't yep. they? And, um, and they that are. station overall just does some, some really big numbers. Yep. Yeah.
1: I think they, they um, if we look back over the past, I mean, um, if you think about the past sort of five or six years from the kind of re they've done a good job in terms of the rebrand um the kyle and kyle and jackie O are you know it's arguable arguable that they're globally peerless i mean that you know yeah. they yeah. they really can't be unseated from an audience point of view you get ebbs and flows like small ebbs and flows but um you know that they're, they're, they're in the box seat there um you know jonesy and amanda slightly different um feel for the network on ws um, you know appealing to um different advertisers so yeah, you know they've had a sort of a good survey now, and that just from a Sydney point of view, I think they'd be very pleased with it.
0: Nova, from a from a ten plus point of view, doesn't often look brilliant. I mean, this survey they're down there in the sixes, which is okay. <laughs> sorry, Ash. But but, um, but no, I was going. I'm getting to the good stuff. But if you look at their key. Particularly eighteen twenty four, they're they're number one, so they do very well, and they do very well in that younger demo. Yeah. And and how often do you combine that with what Smooth would offer and do a, a a group buy? And I guess this is in general. I guess do you do you always look at the for a duopoly where they've got two stations, and most of the major networks do? Do you look at the combo, or do you really buy station by station?
1: Well, I think I think it's a you know certainly. Um from from an amplified point of view um as with Andrew here from an O&D point of view you know we've got an awful lot of clients and clients with different requirements I'd say that the combo buy with Smooth is probably less prevalent than it used to be certainly when Smooth went through the big sort of the big rebrand and changed its focus from a music point of view um, it, it, it was looped in with Nova that's probably less so these days I mean you know, I would say um, you know I agree with you around sort of Nova and we're talking about Breakfast and um, Fitzy and Whipper, and they've they've kind of like sort of, sort of they are in that middle ground now in terms of you know running six seven shares. Um, I, this this is probably where I would say you, you need to look beyond the survey da- data because um, you know and they're not alone with this I would say, but they're very they're very good commercially. So from an integration point of view with clients, um, you know we 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 know with them we're not going to get any surprises. Um, they're they're a very much safe place or brand safe place for advertisers. So. Um, I think I think you do need to look beyond um, the survey data sometimes and go what do clients want? And certainly from an integration point of view, they're they're, they're up there with the best.
2: It's not so much a linear channel anymore. I think the a station's ecosystem um, has is just growing from strength to strength. You know, you've got your linear broadcast, you've you've got your podcast, you've got your streaming, um, you've got your apps. You've also then got their social elements as well. You know, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing. Um, so.
0: So you got to factor all that into your buying decision?
2: Um yes and no. Um from a if we're just doing a purely right position, yes, but I think holistically, um you definitely include it all in. And that's hmm. probably probably where we go back to
1: um, at Macquarie Radio Network and you know the the, the data is clear, you know, percentage of audience compared to percentage of revenue there's a there's a pretty big gulf there. Um, but you know as we're talking about now clients want more often more than just spot schedules you know they want integration they want events um, they want talent um, you know alignment they want you know certain types of live read they want exciting campaigns to engage so you know some of these FM networks we're talking about they've really evolved their businesses over the past five to ten years and, 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 and then into sort of the digital areas and, and, and those areas we'll talk about today so you know the the, the the breakfast show is so critical, but but then it's one one element of a wider uh, campaign mix for for clients.
0: Um. Triple M, we've talked a little bit about today in Sydney and how it's sort of still a little bit the ugly child in the hit network, I guess. But I mean it's it's certainly on the rise and that's my words. I'm not putting words in your mouth, But I, I acknowledge that it's um started to come good in Sydney. I mean if they can harness some of that um that energy that M. Rosciano's been um been attracting, they could, you know, they could they could use that as a, a positive force perhaps. But but triple M perhaps, it's um It's been off the boil a little bit in Sydney. It was under 6%, which is never a good look, but it's crept just back above that. But it's one of the strengths of um, Triple M. It's it's male targeting and it's the sports connection that that it offers um, advertisers.
2: Uh, Yes, but I also think now that they've introduced Jane Kennedy to a national drive spot, I think that will also help lift a, a broad audience as well. I think from a female demographic, I think they've seen some increases across Triple M, which is great for the first three surveys, but I think they will have a general shift across the board as well. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, Triple M, it's something distinct, isn't it? Um, Certainly, it does seem to attract, um, clearly, those kind of male-focused campaigns. Though, if you dig a bit deeper on its audience, um, there's an awful lot of women listening out there as well. Um, So, yeah, I think so, something distinct. Um, Again, it's where you look beyond the survey data, um and that those kind of integration opportunities clients wanting to work deeper around uh, some of the talent they've got very you know high profile and sports talent who people want to work with um and certainly they, they they do a great job it's well marketed i think you know it's a strong brand um so it certainly it, it certainly punches um harder than some its survey data might suggest
0: and just just quickly on sport it's been a focus particularly down in melbourne it's very strong you've got uh, SEN down there changed ownership and it's um uh, they're, they're sort of hoping to, to lift that change some of the shifts down there um, brought in some new talent you've got uh, it's not on the survey but I think there's a racing station down there um, RSN sort of thoroughbred racing yep. which, uh, there's sort of Sky Sports Radio up here in Sydney uh, there's of course some of the Macquarie Sports yep. it's just re-branded. Um, rebranded from yep. the old uh, which, which was TUE and Talking Lifestyle yep. I think down in Melbourne it was Magic wasn't it and it then, was yeah And um, so I mean it's still very early days for that but um, they what have they got to get to to start attracting some dollars? I mean, would you ever in would you go into SEN on, on this sort of audience? As you
2: absolutely yeah no, SEN definitely form part of our clients' media mix. Um, I think they they'll be happy with with you know with Survey Three results at the moment. You know, yes they, they they aren't you know your big hitters like a Fox FM or a Nova, but they've certainly had some increases. I think they felt like ten percent increase the last you know this survey, so they'll definitely be pleased with that. Yeah. I think it's, you yeah. know, definitely have a role in our in our clients' brands, and you know, and if you have a you know a sport um, strategy, then obviously that would be key.
1: I think Macquarie would be disappointed. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, a, a difficult difficult result for them. Um, I think it, I think it shows the difficulty of launching a pure sport focused proposition. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to disrupt some of the bigger uh, networks. Um, certainly, it's harder again from from a population point of view. Um, so. I think there's, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a, sort of a difficult year around that proposition, um, and we kind of see if it, it can lift out of there. But, you know, when it's um, attracting sort of point fours, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging audience to kind of grow from.
0: Yeah, it's going to be hard, isn't it? Especially without much uh, live sport, particularly any network sort of um, live sporter offering. A, yep. To hear people talking about sport on one channel where you can be listening it to on the other, it's, uh, another. Yep. It's going to be a, a hard sell, isn't it? Um, quickly, also down in Melbourne. Um, What's going on down there? ARN, we've we've talked a little bit about them before, you know, the two new breakfast shows, um, both the Nova offering and the um, Southern Cross uh, duopolies down there offer a a bit more. It's your home market. Drew, any sort of thoughts about Melbourne down there?
2: It is. As I mentioned earlier, you know, Fox FM just dominate the market um, both, you know, and and they have for quite some time now. um, You know, Hamish and Andy, when they had, you know, they had such a leadership position in that particular space. And and the good thing with um, Hughes and Kate, they've, when they've come on air, they've been able to continue that leadership position and really actually, I think, grow, um, share slightly. From a KISS FM point of view, I think they've got some work to do. Um, they've, they've, for a broader People 2554 demo, they've, they've had some declines the last few surveys. So I'll definitely be looking internally to see
0: what they can do to try and turn that around. Hmm yeah it's, a, it's you they always say, look, we're going to give this show a long time but then they, yeah. there comes a point where they have to draw a line have to, and go, okay, have to call it's it. out yeah yeah you have to call it. Do they do radio stations ever get feedback from advertisers about you know what's their thoughts about the, the programming or the lineup or
1: I don't know I think I think money talks, doesn't it? I think, yeah. you know yeah. we, I
2: think the, the, if we stop spending <laughs> yeah
1: and that's you know that's that um, you know we sort talk, of talked about sydney breakfast before but i think the whilst you know the obviously there's growth there then controversy can bring caution you know we spoke, spoke about risk i think uh, clients will pull back revenue i mean if you look at radio more broadly um really for radio for the growth of radio and to move beyond no, the spot the spot revenue isn't really growing so the integration money is key so i think the i think the networks are pretty attuned to what's driving uh, results in terms of uh, revenue and and those, you know, if you, if you have continuous surveys, it depends on which patients people have got. I mean, sometimes you, you, there's been t- sort of talent in the past where you, you kind of feel like the, the networks have given them more than a fair go. Um, but then there's been situations where talent kind of don't last as long as maybe people would feel fair. But um, ultimately, certainly once you get into the middle of the year, the numbers don't lie, I would say.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, let's just look at some of the, the, the markets outside of Melbourne. I mean, uh, they're, they're smaller markets, less competition, I think there's only there's six commercial stations I think in um, Adelaide and um, and and um, Perth and maybe might be seven in Brisbane, I think yeah I think there's seven up there but uh, a lot is it a lot easier to buy when there's less stations or
2: it is it is <laughs> um, definitely it's like I know from a younger demographic it's pretty much been a bit of a two horse race between Hit and Nova at mm-hmm. the stage. Um, they've kind of been battling it out between the number one, number two spots for the last 12 months. So and we'll probably expect that to continue. So that's Brisbane, yeah? In Brisbane, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then from a broader people demographic, um, it's really anyone's game. We know that Nova's obviously has remained on top for like the last probably about um, seven or six surveys, um, but you've got the other stations right on their
0: tail. So mm. the uh, They rebranded the the. I think they call it the KISS network, don't they? Which includes 97.3, yes. uh, Mix in Adelaide, and 96. Um, is there any point in, you know, I guess you can't change, you know, any point in changing the call signs? Does that ever make any difference to, does it, does advertisers like the idea or oh, it's a network or the same name or anything, or it doesn't really matter?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think advertisers, I don't think it really matters for advertisers. What I think, you know, clearly from a commercial point of view, um, you know, the radio networks want to be easy to plan, easy to buy, easy to understand their offering. Um, Certainly buy, where you have that brand alignment, um, people, there's a certain brand affinity, people understand what the brand stands for. Um, I would say that it's a a positive move if radio is is able to be bought, planned and bought in in an easier way from a transaction point of view. So we would endorse that, but I don't think an advertiser... Really, they just they just want reach
0: and um, you know cost cost efficient cost reach efficient value reach, and yeah. integration. Yeah, sure. Mm, mm, yeah, because that Kiss Network. I mean, 97.3, I don't think you mentioned them for Brisbane. They do pretty well too. They're up in that. Yep. So it's, it's almost a three way race there. And Mix really dominates in um, in, Adelaide, in Adelaide, Adelaide historically, doesn't yeah. it? It's um, I guess you've got to be there for for a lot of stuff. But well, I suppose the the SCA is good for a slightly younger younger demo. Even though were hit. It, it's pretty good under under twenty four. But, but you go above yeah, anyway, that and sort yeah. of wrecks their all-people number, makes them look um, pretty yep. bad.
1: Yep.
0: Um, who actually makes buying decisions, though? I mean, you guys are the heavy hitters. You're at the top of the tree. When you hear... You, I've heard this criticism, and, and I'm not suggesting this is by any way true, that there are younger people down down the list who might favour their favourite stations. Yeah, I don't know if you've, you've heard that, but... Um, Definitely. I, th- well, I think not that... Can that much. happen? Um... Oh, you like to hope not,
2: and mm-hmm. you certainly don't think so. I know a couple of stations have probably come in and talk, you know, we're not getting the share out of you guys because you have younger, younger buyers. Whenever we do a negotiation or we plan through a negotiation, you know, the numbers are pulled off the GFK system, you know, the numbers are analysed, the numbers are spoken about, there's discussion there, and we make sure that what we ever put forward is definitely on brand and on strategy for the client as well. I can see the other station's point of view about younger TV buyers, but it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, mm. I, I don't think that's the case at all. No. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it's the case at all. Um, I think for us, it's about about uh, sort of planner plan buyers being engaged with radio and understanding radio's offering. Um, I, you know, I think it's an easy easy headline. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's true. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know where that comes from, but I don't think so. No, I think but it's you know, probably
0: a good thing too, if, too, if the buyers are engaged with the industry, isn't it? And I, I think mate, I mean,
1: look, yeah. I think I, I don't, I don't see any evidence of that. I think you know, also, if you flip it on its head, if 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 planner buyers in the industry are favouring um, networks that they listen to, it's highly likely that they're the best shows, and you know they're they're winning in the survey data. So <laughs> even if it is true, you mm. know, what what are we really saying? Um, I think what what's important are. That planner buyers are, are fully educated on, um, you know, driving value in radio, on working with talent, on getting the best results for clients. I think they are. Um, I think the, you know, if you look at the media eye uh, results recently, and you know, the radio networks are doing a great job of educating our planner buyers. Um, you know, they, they're consistently. Um, top of the ratings, um you know around engagement, about being proactive, about going into agencies, I think um if you look across the last ten years, certainly radio has become a lot more strategic than it used to be. um it, you know if you look at any radio proposal now, there's a lot of depth to that. um I think one of the areas of maybe opportunity for the radio networks is getting better or being seen to be better by the planner buyers at bringing in research and the the, the kind of depth of um, analysis that some of the digital players. Um, bring because the the data shows that that's probably the area of opportunity. Um, you know, I think I think I would say planner buyers are probably more attuned than ever before about radio and and its subsidiary parts from a digital podcasting or a talent point of view.
0: Okay, well look, well, let's wrap this up and and I'll I'll ask you both about podcasting and um you know where you think we're going with it because um, there's two sorts I guess isn't there? There's sort of re reusing data uh, reusing content that's already Yep. Have uh, been broadcast like the most stations now podcast their breakfast shows and they're getting pretty good audiences. Yep. And then there's sort of native podcast, if you like, which are, which is new content that's not being broadcast on on radio. Do you treat that all as one, or do you treat uh, breakfast show podcasting or drive show podcasting as part of the the program offering?
2: Well, we so uh yes so. We, when we run our numbers, obviously we look at purely the, the linear offering. Yeah. Um, in terms, of so trying, you don't
0: factor in what it might do on podcasting when you're buying. it? Uh,
2: I think you try and look at the holistic view. Okay. So again, when we spoke about the the station's ecosystem, it's well, you know, what other different touch points, and that certainly comes into effect. But when you're doing your number crunching, you actually don't not include those numbers as part of your buy. Um, podcasting is definitely on the rise, and such a it would become a lot more mainstream. Um, there was a share of audio study done by GFK and of the total um, um, audio landscape, so to speak, um, podcasting makes up around 3.4%, a share of ear, let, let, let's call it. Um, and we definitely expect that to see that rise you know, in the coming year, as I said, as podcasts become a lot, a lot more mainstream. Um, the good thing for podcasting is they're very much a one-to-one medium. And we're capturing customers in a space where they're also really highly engaged, which, which is key for us too.
1: Yeah, I think we when so we work with a couple of partners, so a couple of streaming partners, a couple of radio partners around our our sort of audio stack proposition, um, and and that was some work we've done over the past couple of years, both locally and globally, from an amplify point of view, around a kind of neut- neutral approach to planning of audio or share you know share of ear yeah. as Andrew says, um, you know when we're looking at propositions um certainly on the on the bigger briefs as well we we're really segmenting those around um around the kind of radio proposition around um, you know podcasting um around kind of the streaming side but also you know with with propositions like spotify as well locally i'm really looking at that share of here across all of those so i, I do think increasingly it's factored in and certainly the ambition for the market is to is to for us is to is to move to that as a standard i think you know as we talked about earlier I think measurement has to follow suit. Um, I think you know we we want to be doing the very best work for clients, but um, if, if the measurement isn't there, it's hard to then a, a sort of aggregate kind of breakfast podcasting into the into the radio offering. But um, I think that's where the market should be aiming for.
0: To people who might be worried that our advertisers going to wreck the attraction of podcasting, I'm guessing you would say you want to keep it. What's appealing about it to audiences? Yeah, yep. and you don't want to... Fill it full of ads, or do you want to fill it from full an advertising
1: of low point of view? Yeah.
0: Um I, Would you like a big ad break in the middle of a podcast, or would you like to keep it well we, we, no, uncluttered? We have, have mid
1: rolls now, yeah, don't we? Do. we? Yeah. So we've got mid rolls at the moment. I think, I think, um, I think front of mind for us and, and for our clients is what kind of content are we disrupting audiences with? I think certainly from a radio point of view, there is a, an acceptance around um, sort of advertising disruption. I think we have to tread very carefully with podcasting. Um, you know to Andrew's point very sort of very intimate um, sort of music experience you know it's in ear um, it's often you know in, in the evenings or you know around kind of personal time yeah. so and I think you know that personalization and that sought after content means we have to tread carefully I think it's absolutely uh, fine for advertising to be in there I think we have to get away from interruption and make it more about make it relevant make it personal and make it you know hopefully some kind of utility for the, for the audience when they're listening so that when they hear that messaging it's it's you know something they want to hear and doesn't uh,
0: disrupt the enjoyment of correct. the, the yeah. content
1: i think there's something about um podcasting you know at the moment there's there's that real opportunity around share a voice uh you know you can get more cut through you know it's almost some of it's going back to the original principles of advertising you know that's kind of brought to you by and there's nothing wrong mm. with that certainly for the right proposition um and so we're, we're talking with clients about and um, certainly how they have fit for purpose content but no, some of the some of the um, old, older school rules about advertising and not over what we're doing
0: old school I like it I mean that's a discussion for another day but i think television's going to be going through that soon where they've got to pull back and you know the competition from streaming platforms with no interruptions tv's got to maybe think old school and go okay they might have some programs that are brought to you by and then there's no interruption through yeah them. we've
1: seen you know it's interesting when you look globally at some of the biggest content platforms now that they're, they're actually ad-free ad- propositions mm. or subscription services i think that's interesting um certainly from a radio point of view though you know i think sca has been trialing mornings without advertising we yep. Um, you know, we we look at what's going on with gold, and and you know that they they've had a sort of music only strategy, and that seems <laughs> seems to have worked right. for them. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's about what kind of advertising and the amount of commercial load. I certainly think. Um, you know, podcasting is on the rise. Um, it's moved from kind of being in its embryonic stage. It's becoming more mainstream and understood. I think we're a long way from worrying about the advertising load in that yeah. medium.
0: Yeah. All right. Look, we'll leave it there, boys. Look, Ash Earnshaw from Amplify, thank you for coming in today. And Andrew Brannigan from OMD. It's been cool. great, uh, great chatting with you both. Thank you. Great. Appreciate
2: thank it. You. Cheers. Thank you.